Shavua Tov, Shalom Aleichem, to all of you listeners of this great station, a station that beams only Divrei Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Orerud, and of course, uh, religious music. This is Rabbi Alvaz from SLC. I want to speak about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Titro, the parasha that talks about Kabbalat HaTorah. It says, Vaishma Yitro Kohen Midian, that Yitro, who was the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu, he heard. You heard what happened? All the miracles that Kadosh Baruch Hu did to the Bnei Israel. And he came. What did he come for? He came to convert. He became to become a Jew. He became so he can have the proper milah, the korban, and of course the, uh, uh, the, the tevilah and so on, in order to become a Jew. Now, Rashi tells us that what he heard was, uh, he heard the kariat suf, the splitting of the sea, and he also heard Milhamet Amalek, the war with Amalek, the war where the Bnei Israel had to fight against Amalek. Now, obviously, there were others. There were other miracles. Uh, the Asara Makot, for example, the ten plagues, the man that was falling down all the time, the Be'er, the well that was full of water, was going with them all along. But Rashi picked on these two because these two typify two categories of miracles. There is what we call a Nes Galui and there is what we call a Nes Nistar. A Nes Galui is a miracle that is revealed, meaning it's open to everyone to see that it there's no other way, no other logical reason to believe that it, it would not be a miracle. For example, the splitting of the sea, this is something that's unnatural. It is not a natural thing. A human being cannot possibly do that. Naturally, this thing can't happen. Only Hashem can make it. That's an esgalui. On the other hand, when we, when we talk about Milhamet Amalek, the war with Amalek, well, it can always rationalize as a war, and the Bnei Israel won the war. Perhaps you can, there's a way to rationalize that. Hashem's hand is nistar. It's not revealed. But of course, we do know that it only because of the help of Hashem that they were able to win the war. See, we've had throughout the age, for example, in the, in the days of the Hashmunaim, there were two miracles also. There was a miracle of the oil, which is something that's not natural. I can't have one vial of oil that's supposed to last one night and it lasts for eight nights. That, 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 that's, not, that's not possible. It's not logical. But that's an esgalui. On the other hand, the winning of the war, well, over there, I mean, it can, it can rationalize. It can say, well... The, the the Jews at the time perhaps uh, were very strong and uh, they were fighting for the, their survival and so on and so forth. But we all know that is not the case. The case was because the Kaddish Baruch Hu helped them. Masarta Rabbim Biyad Me'atim. 
there were only a few guerrilla wars. They were fighting a, a whole empire. But that's an ethnic start because it's not something that is revealed. So Rashi is telling us here that he picked on these two to tell us these two categories of Nisim. Then what happened when Yitro came in? All of a sudden we see Vayetze Moshe Likrat Hoteno. Moshe Rabbeinu himself went out to greet him. Now this is a tremendous honor. Now, I remember some years back, well actually some decades back, when the Prime Minister of Israel was Menachem Begin. Uh, he had a tremendous respect for the Torah and for Tamidei Hachamim. When he came to the United States, so he wanted to have an audience with Lubavitch Rebbe. So uh, the Rebbe said, look, uh, Menachem Begin is a prime minister, right? So uh, he said, well, him, him, he'll go to him. Uh, but Menachem Begin said, so no, he's not going to go. He himself, the prime minister, will go to the Rebbe. He will go to see the Rebbe. But what happened is, as he came, the beginning of the block of Eastern Parkway there, the famous 777 Eastern Parkway, then the Rebbe came out with all his entourage, a few hundred people, to greet him. Why be this? It shows giving respect and honor. You go out. You don't just wait inside. You go out. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu did. He actually went out to greet his father-in-law, and not only him, with Aharon and the sons of Aharon. And obviously, as Rashi points out, if this great distinguished people are going to greet, everybody goes, goes along. Tremendous honor they did to him. Now, we have to realize, I mean, uh, you throw himself, this, this is... Uh, a great uh, sacrifice. I mean, he was a high priest, Kohen Midian, and he comes to become a Jew. I mean, it, it, it's not so simple. Imagine if the the the, the an archbishop, for example, goes to the chief rabbi of Israel and says, "You know what? I want to become a Jew." I mean, this is something that uh, that doesn't happen. Uh, so, but it did happen. Yitro came and he wants to become a Jew. So they really gave him a tremendous honor. On top of that, the, the, the next passage talks about the advice that Tito is giving to his son-in-law, Moshe Rabbeinu. He sees Moshe Rabbeinu working all day long from dawn to dusk, judging the people. We're talking about 600,000 people. There must have been quite a bit of cases involved there. So he says to him, Moshe, hey, you're going to get weary. You're going to be worn out. Naboti bol. You can't. You can't. You, on your own, taking the cases of all these people, it's just too, too, too hard, too much for you. So he gives him a solution. He said, you know what? We gotta, you should have various levels of justices. You have... Uh, a judge for the 10 people, judge for 50, 100, 1,000, so on and so forth. And the hard cases will come to you. And he accepted it. 
Now we see now the wisdom of Yitro, who's wise enough to give a, a, an advice to his son-in-law, and he accepted it. So we see the great honor that he received, plus he's able to give an advice, and, and, and of course because of this passage, we have an extra uh, passage in the Torah, so on and so forth. Yet, now, uh, listen to this carefully. After, after everything is done, it says, Vaishallah Moshe et Hotenu. Vaishallah Moshe. It doesn't say that that Yitro left on his own. Vaishallah, meaning he tried to ease him out. Take, you know, he didn't want him to stay there. Vaishallah. He wanted to he wanted to get him out. What's the idea behind this? So the Midrash says, Hashem said, my children who worked so hard for years in Egypt, they deserve to receive the Torah. Yitro, who was sitting calmly and enjoying his life with peace and tranquility, he should not be included in Matan Torah. This is why Vaishallah Moshe Hotenu. But this is a very important principle in Kenyan Torah, in acquiring the Torah. We have to toil. We have to labor in order to really be able to acquire the Torah. I mean, look at all the great Talmidei Hachamim. Their whole life was spent on the Torah. Hacham Yosef, Shalom. He was studying day and night, day and night. I mean, you, you would think Oh, he's such a tremendous Tamit Hakam, he doesn't need anymore. No such thing. He was much toiling. That's why he be, he was such a great man that he was. You don't you don't get the Torah just by sitting and then uh, going for a few shiorim and that's oh <laughs> I learned enough. I'm good already. Doesn't work that way. You know the the Midrash says that there are three things that are obtained only through Isurim. One, the Torah, Eris Israel, and Olam Abba. Torah, you have to work on it. Look, you say, nowadays, you can transfer uh, millions and millions of megabytes from one computer to another in a second. I wish there was a way like that to do that, taking millions and millions of, of bytes of the Gemara and put them into the brain of someone say, oh, and I have everything in my mind already. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tamid Hakam already. I know everything. It doesn't work that way. I wish it would, but it doesn't. You really have to work on it. And the, 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 the important part about that is, see, we say, in the, the Talmud Yerushalmi says, in Masechet Megillah, it says, Anu Amelim, Vehem Amelim meaning that we toil and labor. Vehem Amelim and the others, the Goyim, they also toil and labor. But there's a difference. Anu Amelim umkablim We toil, we labor, we work hard, but we receive a reward. Vehem Amelim umkablim They also toil, but they don't get any reward. So what does that mean? Of course, when they work, they get a reward. 
What's the pshat? הם עמלים ואינם מקבלים שכר. So I'll give you an example to see the difference between the two. Let's say you go, you want to make uh, yourself a, uh, a custom-made uh, suit. So you go to the tailor, a special tailor, takes the measurements, eh? spends two weeks working hard on it, and you come back, you try it, doesn't fit. All those two weeks are gone. He doesn't get paid for that. He gets paid for the finished product. If the product is okay, fine. If not, he gets nothing. It's different from the learning of the Torah. If you spend a week's time, two weeks' time, learning a sugya of the Gemara, and there is no finished product, which means you don't really understand, you still don't understand it. What does that mean? You lost your two weeks? No. You get the sakhar on those two weeks. Yes, when we work hard on this, we do get the sakhar. They, well, they only get the finished product. So when you go to study, when you go to learn, if you, even if you don't understand what, you, what you're learning, uh, still you get the sakhar for the fact that you are you're putting the time for it. You know, uh, Rabbi Yonah gives an example. And he says uh, there are two people that were hired by a man to take some water from a, a river and take the water from there and bring it to a swimming pool that he had to fill it in. So he gave each one a pail. And they go. He told them, listen, I'm going to pay you by the hour. You go to the river, which is maybe 100 yards away, fill up your pail, come over here and, fill, and just pour it in there just so I can fill my uh, the swimming pool. The problem was they noticed that each one of those pails had a hole in it. So by the time they filled the, 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 the pail, by the time they came back to the pool, most of the water was gone. So one says to the other, I say, hey, we're wasting our time. Man, what, what's, what's the use? We're not going to ever fill this thing here. So the other one says to him, what do you care? You're getting paid by the hour. You're getting paid by the hour. This is similar to learning the Torah. You're getting paid by the time that you put in, the effort that you put into studying the Torah. Now, a great man who studied the Torah very much, and was a great sage, a great mekubal, who wrote a perush on the Torah, was the Ora Haim HaKadosh. We always call him Ora Haim HaKadosh, the holy, he was a holy man. He, he was born in Morocco, lived in Morocco, but at the end of his life he went to Eretz Israel. He established the yeshiva over there, but did not live long after that. And uh, he was, he's, he's actually buried in the same, in the complex where the Rambam, Allah is, Shalom, is, uh, is buried. He, he was uh, in the 18th century, did not live much, unfortunately. He lived only about 47 years. But he wrote a perush, unbelievable. Unbelievable perush. And to this day, the Sephardim, the Hasidim, they all learn his perush. 
And he is famous for taking a pasuk, let's say from the Torah, he does this many times, and he, uh, you see, he, 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 there are some questions on that pasuk, and he takes it out of the actual pshat and builds some beautiful things around it. And this is what he, he, sa he says about the following pasuk, which is in Parashat Yitro. The Parashat, it says, Vayis'u mirfidim, vayabu'u midbar sinai. Listen carefully. They moved out of Refidim. Okay? Vayabu'u, then they came to midbar sinai. Then it says, Vayahanu midbar. They encamped in the desert. And then it says, Vayahansham Israel negedaha. And the Bnei Israel, they encamped. Right? Against the uh, the uh, the mountain. Now, he has three questions on this. So, what do you mean, They moved out. We know they were in Refidim. What are you telling us? Something new here? Of course they did. We know they were in Refidim. And then he says, Well, I know they were in Midbar Sinai. Is that the pasuk right before that? It says, Midbar Sinai. Why did there was the what's this repetition? Then he says Vayahanu Bamidbar, and then he says Vayahansham. Wait a minute, he just said Vayahanu. Why Vayahan again? There's three questions on one pasuk. So he says, you know what? Really, this pasuk is not trying to tell us anything about geography or the history of the journeys or the travelings of the Bnaisa, he says. This pasuk is telling us three different hachanot, preparations for Kabbalah Torah. Because we're talking right now, we're talking about what? About Kabbalah, but the Ten Commandments. So there's three basic things that are necessary for Kabbalah Torah. The first one, he says, Refidim, Rashi says somewhere else, Refidim, Rafu Yedehem. Refidim, Rafu Yedehem, meaning that their hands became weak and feeble. What does that mean? When a person becomes uh, lazy and reluctant to do something, we say his hands, oh, his hands are weak. They actually moved away from that, moved away from that weakness, meaning that they actually developed the opposite, which is new vigor, new interest in, in, in accepting the Torah, new willingness in acquiring the Torah. After all, they're going to be getting the Ten Commandments now. That's why it says, they moved away from that weakness. So this is a, according to the Ora Haim is telling us that there's an important thing about Kinyana Torah. We have to have the eagerness and, and the willingness, the interest to study the Torah. It says again, Vayahanu Bamidbar. A Midbar is a, a, a pure and clean area without Tum'ah, without anything. 
And a midbar is a desert land, which means anyone can tread on it. Anyone can go into the midbar. It's a hefkeh. It's not something like, like a, a, a place, a home that belongs to somebody. So a tamid hacham should be that way. It should be humble. It should, it should, it should develop certain midot. So great midot, because the midot are important for Kabbalah Torah. The midot, according to the Ramban, he said, these are prerequisites for the Torah. And he, 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 he answers the question that, that many people ask, Rashi asks the same question. Why did the Torah start with Bereshit? Why do I have to say that? The Torah is nothing more than what? Instructions, right? Torah, Hora'ah. So let's start with the Mitzvot. So Rashi gives an, he gives an answer. Ramban says something else. He says, you know what? We have to have the story of Abraham Avinu and Yitzhak Avinu and Yaakov Avinu and Yosef Atzati because we learn from them the midot, the behaviors. This is a prerequisite before Matan Torah. We have first to learn how to behave properly, to be kind, pleasant, forbearing, loving uh, the others, the fellow men, helping all we can. These, derecheres kadmala Torah, we have to build up our behavior before uh, we, we uh, go to Kabbalah Torah. And this is why at least some Mepharshim say between Pesach and Shavuot we learn Pirkei Avot because Pirkei Avot teaches us proper behavior. And we, we learn the Pirkei Avot because that is a prerequisite before Shavuot which is the holiday of Matan Torah. That's important. So this, another Hachana, another preparation, build up our uh, our characteristics, our traits, and finally the uh, the the last one, it says vayhanuvam vidbar vayhansham Israel vayhan. He says this is still teaching us that for Kabbalat Torah we need vayhan, meaning all one unit. Now vayhan is singular, even though we're talking about all of Israel, still vayhan. They all as one unit. This is a, a, a property that is extremely important for the nation of Israel to have unity. But for Kabbalat Torah, you need that unity of everybody. We need that everyone should care about the one, love the other one. As we say, you should love your neighbor like yourself. This is very important. So essentially what the Rahim is saying is this Pasuk is teaching us three different hachanot before we're able or we should go ahead and be Mikabel the Torah. Okay. First, we have to develop our interests, our willingness into to be an eagerness to be Mikabel the Torah, our motivation. Second, building our midot. And finally, getting together and being united as one person. These are essential hachanot before Kabbalat Torah. Well, Rabbi 
being that this parasha talks about the Torah, I think we should all make an effort to study the Torah. Not just to, I mean, he said, okay, it's great to go every Shabbat. We read the Torah, we listen to it, but that's not all. We have to attend Shi'uri Torah. And nowadays, there's no excuse, no reason why we can't possibly go to Shi'uri Torah. They're all over. And they, they, you have Shi'uri Torah, but the Parashat Shavuah, but the Gemara, but the Mishnah, but the Halachot. Nothing is missing nowadays. It's all there. And it's all over. You know, I asked uh, a person once, and this is not just one person, uh, many people, why don't you come to the show? He says, you know, I wish I could, but I have no time. I don't have time. I don't have the time. I'm busy. Family, work, all this. Okay. I see. Let me ask you a question. Do you watch TV? Well, of course, you know, there's a certain, oh, this show and that show, these are very important shows to me. You know, do you read newspapers? Well, yeah, of course, you have to, you have to look into the politics, got to find out what's going on. Any games? Uh, once in a while, backgammon, this, that, what? So, uh, after 120, on the Day of Judgment, okay, what are you going to say? You're going to tell Akadosh Baruch Hu, yes, see, I had time for TV. I had time for newspapers. I had time to play cards. I had time to play backgammon. I'm sorry. I didn't have time for your Torah. Good luck to you. Rabotai, as usual, I'd like to again remind you that this station is an extremely important station for us. It should we have to keep it going, and please try to help. Try to give the contribution that you can afford. And if you have any simcha, please contact us at SLC. We have a beautiful uh, uh, simcha hall for all kinds of simachot. Uh, if you call us, I'm sure we'll be able to accommodate you. Shavuot tov. Shalom aleichem to all.